So it is our responsibility to educate them and to, to reassure them, you know what, your doggone vote does matter. It, 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 every vote matters. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. And this is another episode of Fact Check. Today we have a return guest, Tony Kurtz, uh, discussing election investigations. Tony Kurtz is an Iraq War veteran, now a farmer. He represents the 50th Assembly District that encompasses all of Juneau County and parts of Richland, Sauk, Vernon, and Monroe counties. He is now serving his second term. Please welcome to the podcast, Tony Kurtz. It's great to have you back. Well, thank you, boy. I'm honored. Appreciate that. Well, you were so good the first time around, you know. Well, listen, I hope you just jinxed me. No, I'll disappoint (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate you coming on today, Tony Kurtz, because... There's been a lot of activity by conservative groups in regard to the investigations going into the November 2020 election. And How many investigations are happening right now, Tony? Well, there's three that I know of, um, and that, that's all I know of. I'm not saying there might be independent uh, investigations done by maybe district attorneys or, or law enforcement officials, but I know three official ones done, done at the state level. And that's the Legislative Audit Bureau. Michelle Branchen's committee and Justice, former Supreme Court Justice Mike Gableman. Correct. And with with Representative Branchen, obviously she represents. She's the chairperson for the elections and campaign committee, so she has that authority under her committee. It, it seems like people are hung up on the idea of a forensic audit. How exactly is the Legislative Audit Bureau investigating this election? Does it include voting machines and ballots? Yes. That, that's that's probably one of the most frustrating things that I, that I try to let my constituents know about, that this is a forensic audit. So at the end of the day, you know, if the Audit Bureau has their findings and recommendations, those can be used in a court of law. That, that, that is, the you know, the benchmark for a forensic audit. Can people be held accountable at the end of the day? At the end of the day, and and the audit bureau has four key tasks that they have to they have to look at, and voting machines are are one of those. If the path leads down to voting machines, then yes, they'll start calling in the voting machines. Now they have not got to that path yet. Who knows if they're going to get to that or when they get to that? You know, they've been doing this now for about three months. Uh, from all indications, it's probably going to be late September, early October before we hear anything. And that's not a bad thing. It isn't an investigation, and so we want them to do their work diligently and um, and, and without without a bunch of pressure from the legislature, to be honest with you. So Representative Michelle Branchen is the chair of the Committee on Campaigns and Elections. She recently issued subpoenas for voting machines in Milwaukee and Brown counties. Some people are saying Robin Voss doesn't want to sign those orders. Do you have any idea why Speaker Voss is maybe not going to sign those orders? As you know, uh, and I hope your listeners know, we we hired Justice Gableman, you know, a, a retired Supreme Court justice with a very good track record. Uh, he's going to hire some private investigators. One thing other people don't understand, there's literally thousands of complaints out there. And to be honest with you, they don't have time to look through all these allegations. So that's where Justice Gableman comes in and his team. And so if it comes when he does his investigation, if it gets to the point where, you know what, we do need to subpoena those, 
I, I, and I, like I said, I don't want to put words in the speaker's mouth, but I think that's what he's kind of waiting for. He's saying, okay, because well, the other thing, we haven't even really started with Gableman and going through a lot of those, those, uh, those, those reports of the allegations and reports that we've got from, from people that basically were on the ground. And that's where Gableman comes in. And I think that's kind of what the speaker's waiting for. Okay, where, where is this going to lead us? And uh, at the end of the day, if it warrants the subpoena, then he'll, then he'll sign those. But right now, I think he kind of wants to wait and see where what Gableman finds. So talking about former Justice Mike Gableman's investigation, there were 140 signed affidavits of fraud in the November election. And so is that part of what he's investigating? Exactly what's the scope of Mike Gableman's investigation? When I talked to then Ron Tussler, who was the, the election commission before we got reassigned to criminal justice, I mean, there, there's literally like a thousand of these complaints out there, and I'm being there's actually more than that, and so they're going to they're going to go through those, and they're going to find which ones were valid, which ones you know have substance, which ones are bogus. Uh, that is worth their time and effort, and, and so yeah, that's one of his big focus, and that's why he's looking looking at some good solid investigators. Typically, we'd love to have, and we did at one time had some retired police detectives. You know, that's kind of who we want to look for people that uh, that have done this in the past that have that experience. So there are literally thousands of complaints that, that that investigation has to look into. And you mentioned that there were some retired police detectives. There was a big deal made in the news media about the fact that a couple of those people stepped down. Can you, can you shed some light as to why they stepped down from that investigation? You know, one of the things I was told is, is just the timeline wasn't going to work with one of their schedules, and then now maybe one was a personal conflict that I that I don't know, but I know one it, it had to do with the timeline and when they needed it done, and this person needed to be uh, you, you didn't want an assignment that long a duration. So, so we see that Speaker Voss recently visited with President Trump, flew with him to Alabama, and the Speaker issued a statement after that meeting in which he sought to reassure people that this is, in fact, a forensic audit that is, that is underway right now. Do you feel confident that these investigations are going to be thorough and uncover any fraud that may have occurred? Absolutely. You know, so I, I work with the Legislative Fiscal Bureau now, and they are true professionals, and anything they do and find, we take that stuff to the bank. In other words, it's the letter of the law. The Audit Bureau is the same way. They do a unbelievable job. And so, yes, when they come out with something, and I know it's going to be thorough, yes, I do believe this is going to be done in a professional manner, and it's going to find the truth. But once again, Bill, people need to accept unfortunately, there's some out there that they're not going to be happy unless President Trump is back in the White House. And let's be honest about that. Some of those folks, you just have to understand, when, they, when these findings come out, I, I know I'm going to be, be reassured when, when they come out that I'm going to go, yeah, that, that sounds like what happened. I'm going to tell you that when I was doing some research for this show today, I was doing an online search to find the text of Speaker Voss's statement that he made after his meeting with Donald Trump, and I couldn't find it. I finally got uh, a friend of mine uh, who's been connected uh, with some of this stuff to send me that statement. But 
the media continues to feed into this narrative, and I believe they do it with intent, because the great danger that's facing Republicans in Wisconsin next year is that people are going to conclude that their vote doesn't matter. They've heard these groups out there claiming that there were 250,000 fraudulent votes in our state, which I will just tell you right now is is a categorically false statement. I'm a yep. plaintiff in a lawsuit over over uh, what happened in that election, and, and I can go on for a long time about how Democrats manipulated that election. But there, but there were not 250,000 fraudulent votes cast in our state. And the fact that I think people don't know is that our Republican congressional candidates, when you combine their votes statewide, they got 30,000 more votes than Joe Biden. That tells us that we can win. Furthermore, our, our Republican state senators, we picked up two seats in the, in the state Senate, and in the assembly, we held 61 of the 63 seats we had out of 99 seats. So we have every reason to be confident going into next year's elections. The one thing that could really cost us is if people buy into this narrative that there was such massive fraud that their vote doesn't count. Do you see it that way too, Tony? Is that really the big risk to us? That is a big risk, and that's why we have to do what what you're doing right here, is saying, okay, this is what we are doing. And I think that's one of the reasons why Speaker Voss went to to see, you know, the, the former president, to, to, to look him in the eye and say, this is what we're doing in Wisconsin. And, and, you know, I was at the Juneau County Fair on Saturday, and I can't tell you how many constituents I had to walk through the process with them. And, and once we got done, they said, oh, well, I didn't know. I didn't know all this was happening. I didn't know this was a forensic audit. So it, it is our responsibility to educate them and to, to reassure them, you know what, your doggone vote does matter. It, 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 every vote matters, and and to your point earlier, what you said, and and what a lot of people do not understand is the areas that President Trump needed to do very well in. They're called the Wow Counties, and I'm sure you talked about Waukesha, Ozaki, and, and Washington County. Those are the Wow Counties. Are huge conservative areas, and unfortunately, he underperformed in those areas. And whereas what you said, the Congressional candidates outperformed the down ticket, you know, Republican state senators, Republican assembly people, they outperformed. And that's something that, once again, a lot of folks don't know. He, he should have, you know, unfortunately, he, he didn't do as well in those areas. But right. to your point, well, you, we can win statewide. Yeah, you so. mentioned uh, Waukesha County, where the uh, state Senate candidate outperformed Trump by seven points and the state assembly candidate outperformed Trump by four and a half points. I think a lot of people have heard the story about how suburban college educated women uh, abandoned the president in this election. Tony Kurtz, thank you so much for coming on and helping us shed some light onto what's happening with the election investigations in our state. I appreciate it, Bill. And you guys, uh, Jen, you guys keep up the great work. Thanks. We'll definitely talk again. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. And this was another episode of Fact Check. You can join the conversation on the Facebook group, Fact Check WIZM, and subscribe to this podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts.